It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, Tuesday night's game in Orlando was supposed to mark the start of a stretch of games that would tell us a lot about this Raptors team. About that. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, November the 22nd. You may be listening to this late on Tuesday, November the 21st. And I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter, at WoodleySean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, find the show on Discord. We got a Discord server for our listener community. It's a great place to be. Come hang out. The link is in the description. It's free to join, and you get to become part of our little family of sickos talking and watching the Toronto Raptors. And on Tuesday night, we were watching the Toronto Raptors lay an absolute stinker, which we will dive into on today's show. Of course, a reminder, you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend, etc., etc. Anything you can do to support the pod, it's much appreciated. You can also hit the little subscribe button on YouTube and the little notification bell and get a heads up every single time the episode of the day is about to premiere. So go and do all of that. All right, let's get to it. Everyone was very excited. In-season tournament implications at hand. Raptors magic Tuesday night must win. Let's go, baby. 126, 107, the Orlando Magic lay the beat down on your Toronto Raptors. There were moments where it looked like, okay, maybe they got this thing figured out, but they were fleeting at best, and the Magic come away uh, looking better in the in-season tournament situation. They are at 9-5 and five now to start the season, and we're going to dig into all the things that went wrong in this game. we got the good, the bad, and the hmm coming up. We're going to talk about the Raptors and Magic, who on the surface – Built pretty similarly, similar issues, similar statistical profiles, but seemingly very, very much in different places. We'll talk about why that is, but we'll begin with our big takeaways. And we'll begin as well by bringing in our guest, Vivek Jacob, of course, of Sportsnet, Yahoo Sports, all over the place. And mostly right now getting mad at Team Canada playing soccer while we do the podcast. He's a true hero for uh, jumping on the show while Canada gets their asses beat by Jamaica. Uh, Big V, how are you, pal? Not great, man. Like I was. <laughs> Don't sports do a good thing and make us feel really good all the time? We love that about sports. Like, you know, I was I was in a an extremely broken state on Sunday after India lost the cricket World Cup final, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, you know what could maybe get me out of that funk is uh, watching the Raptors with a must win game in the in season tournament. Mm-hmm. And nope, 
They no. just absolutely stunk up the joint. Now you've got Jamaica up 3-2 on Canada at BMO Field. There's about eight minutes left in the game. And it looks like it's just not going to happen. So it's been a rough few days of sports, buddy. Yeah. Uh, hey, we had the Pistons game. That was pretty fun. Uh, maybe some of our listeners are Montreal Alouettes fans basking in the glow of their Grey Cup victory. But no, anyone who likes the Raptors not feeling so hot today. As I talked about throughout the week, you know, coming into this Magic game, game against the Pacers tomorrow, you got in-season tournament games against the Bulls and the Nets, you got the Cavs, the Suns coming up. This is the part of the schedule where you start to actually figure out, okay, what's this team all about? Are they good? Are they bad? Are what what do they need? What's working? What's not working? And this game against the Magic suggested that a, a lot of the, the bad parts of what I just laid out there, the bad, the not working, et cetera, et cetera, are kind of uh, burbling to the top. Of course, it's just one game. We're not going to totally lose our heads here. But uh, this was bad, Big V. What was your biggest takeaway from a very, very stinky loss to a very annoying Magic team with a very fired up Jalen Suggs ready to prove the world wrong that the Raptors should have taken him fourth overall back in 2021? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... The Raps showed up like they were drunk, like hung over off of watching, you know, your favorite sports team lose at their favorite at their best sport. <laughs> like they showed up with the big V mindset. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was like they wouldn't defend at all. Yeah. There were these turnovers, it was like literally trying to make an entire Raptors edition of Shaq and a Fool. Mm-hmm. Like the entire countdown for Shacting next week is just going to be the Raptors. Those mm-hmm. turnovers were just ridiculous. And again, like it's not a must win, but you know, in terms of like competing in the tournament to show up with this kind of effort. And I think what's frustrating is over the course of the season so far, now we have seen such wide gaps between their yeah. ceiling and their floor. Yeah. And to again see what they did on Sunday against Detroit and go from that to what they laid out tonight for us to watch. It doesn't make any sense. Whack-a-mole, man. It's a total whack-a-mole team. It's uh <laughs> it's nuts. And look, I, I think this game, the thing that really stood out to me was just the total lack of any sort of defensive integrity, right? Like uh, the rim running for the magic in this game, just every time they wanted to get to the rim, they got there, whether it was in transition and it was Jalen Suggs blowing by four dudes on the run, whether it was in the half court and pick and roll defense was just getting totally carved up by Palo Boncaro or Cole Anthony or uh, Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner, like just no resistance at the thing the Raptors are supposed to be best at. Like this is a top 10 defense coming into this game. And they just did not walk the walk at all. Meanwhile, the Magic came into this as, like, I think on some metrics, the number one defense, depending on the site you look at, third, they were a really good defense coming in to this game. And it felt like a really good defense. It felt like an impenetrable wall of arms and just, like, well-instructed defenders keeping the Raptors from getting to their spots. No rim pressure in this game for the Raptors whatsoever. It was just such a stark difference and look i didn't expect the raptors to have a good offensive game i called it i figured hey this is gonna be like an 86 88 88 86 game it's gonna be nasty it's gonna be grimy the defenses are going to win out uh one defense won out the raptors defense just had nothing for the magic in this one 
which was perplexing considering the Magic suffer from a lot of the same issues the Raptors do with a lack of general spacing, not a ton of creation from their guards, um, and just like a lack of three-point shooting around to give space to guys working from the middle of the floor. But the Raptors made them look great. Like, they really did. I, what to you fell apart with the defense in this game? Because there's a lot, I think, to kind of poke at. Um, didn't think this was a very good Scotty Barnes game on defense. I thought Precious Achua was a mess. We'll get to Precious later on. Uh, was there one thing that stood out to you defensively? Was it just like not trying hard? I know it doesn't, it sucks to boil it all down to one team wanted it more than the other. Cause usually that's not exactly the story, but it kind of felt like in this one, the magic were ready to play and the Raptors simply were not. Yeah. I mean, I think when you look at all the, uh, transition opportunities that the magic had that you mm -hmm. would put down to a lack of effort uh mm -hmm. and you know a failure to match the intensity that the magic brought i mean there was even like a made basket that jalen suggs just i think it was like the magic second bucket of the game where he just mm -hmm. got the ball and just ran straight back down the court and got a layup mm -hmm. um and that itself was like a sign like hey they're up for it like you're gonna have to bring it and we saw over and over them pushing the pace and being able to just ram it down the Raptors' throats. And there was just no response, no resistance. So from that standpoint, I will say there was a lack of effort, lack of intensity. Uh, in the half court, for me, it, it was a lot of miscommunication. Well, I mean, miscommunication might have even actually been a good thing. There was no communication. I think yeah. when you look at uh, the way the pick-and-roll defense fell apart, the way uh, they couldn't do anything with their zone defense, Mm -hmm. um i think that i put down to communication uh and so like literally we can just go down the list of issues uh that need to be on point for a defense and <laughs> that's exactly where the raptors got it wrong especially for a team from which all of its offense flows from its defense right like the magic are a team that miss a lot of shots in theory and you know there was an opportunity here to have a good half court defensive performance and turn it into the type of transition game that the magic had in this one the magic pulled the raptors in this one 168.8 offensive rating in transition they ran a ton the raptors ran 21 percent of the time very good 91st percentile above that 20 percent uh, threshold we've been talking about all season they only scored 66.7 points per possession in transition. Nasty, nasty stuff. Really bad. But again, I don't even know if the offense is the thing I'm most upset with at this one. The defense just totally lacked any attention to detail. And it, it left them having to just walk it up in the half court against that bear of a magic defense. And it gave them no real shot, despite this actually being one of their better half court games. 98.7 half court offensive rating, uh, which like will we'll move them up in the standings. It's kind of nuts. Um but yeah, just the, for me, a couple instances of just like really poor defensive communication and just kind of like sloppy tactics, like some pretty lazy switching. There was a, a sequence in the third quarter, I want to say, where Dennis Schroeder is guarding uh, whoever the ball handler was, might have been uh, Jalen Suggs, and him and Scotty Barnes switched the action. So Scotty ends up on Suggs, or might have been Cole Anthony, and Dennis Schroeder is on Mo Wagner. And there was like, eight or nine seconds where there could have been a scram switch figured out by the Raptors there to get that obvious glaring matchup of Mo, Mo Wagner on Dennis Schroeder taken care of before it burned them, but nothing. They just kept the, the assignment as it was, and then a shot goes up, there's a miss, Dennis doesn't box out, Mo gets the, the offensive board, and it's a putback. And it was just like little easy stuff like that just drives you crazy 
a couple of really bad mis miscommunications, I think by Dennis as well on switches or what should have been switches that weren't, you know, you get Gary Harris walking by Grady Dick, where I don't think Grady Dick thought he was supposed to be switching in that situation. And Gary Harris walks in the basket. That might've been a breakdown on Dick's end too. Like it, it's, it's all, it all goes into one, but uh, you know, Precious Achua, just like picking up defensive three-second violations, just standing in the paint, not really with any sort of intention. Just really, really low energy, really ugly defensive effort from, from the Raptors in this one. The offense, they actually had kind of had their moments here and there um, when it was working. But man, oh man, I, I don't know how you let this Magic team, which came in as a worse offensive team than the Raptors, have one of their best offensive nights of the season. I don't care how young and exciting the Magic are, their offense stinks, and the Raptors made it so they looked like the bloody 72-win Warriors, 73-win Warriors, but however many games that stupid team won. Um, yeah, so not great. Uh, we're going to come back, Big V, get into the Magic and Raptors and kind of where they stand because similar roster builds, you could even argue that the top-end talent's probably better for the Raptors as it stands right now in the year of our Lord 2023, but very obviously different in the rest of the roster complexion. We're going to get into that and sort of the differences between the Raptors and Magic. What do the Raptors got to do? to get back on the Magic's level. What a horrible question that is that we're even asking. Oh my God. We'll do that coming up in just a sec. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors, who have, right now are partnering with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each and every week, all season long. Josh Lloyd's the best. I have been uh, all over his stuff this year as I have been Kicking ass, frankly, in the Locked On Raptors Fantasy League. And Josh Lloyd's been a big reason why. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster, courtesy of Josh Lloyd. So let's see who Josh has picked for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. There's a few options here. Kyle Anderson, Santi Aldama, uh, Eric Gordon, for example. The one I'm going to pick here, though, is Jaden Ivey, who we saw the Raptors play the Pistons on Sunday. They're not good. They stink. They have no offense to speak of. Jaden Ivey, though, got a starting job back in that game. Maybe he gets back into the good graces of Monty Williams. Maybe he becomes a player who is part of the future solution there in Detroit. And if he's not, hey, the Raptors would take him. They could use a guard. Uh, send him on over. Either way, go check out Locked on Fantasy Basketball as he is doing it all season long. He's going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the exact same with your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights roof rack bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it with an ebay guaranteed fit as well it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebay motor ebaymotors.com ebay guarantee fit available only to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply Okay, we continue on here. Big V, Vivek Jacob along as we break down a game that has apparently just like rotted our brains, just left us feeling not so good about the state of your Toronto Raptors. Uh, again, 126-107, the Magic win. Before we dive in, just a reminder, Locked On has a new 24-7 streaming channel, the very first of its kind on YouTube. It is Locked On Sports Today. Go check it out. Subscribe all day long, running the national shows from Locked On, as well as the local shows covering the biggest stories in all of sports. I don't think Locked On Raptors is going to be on the national channel tomorrow on account of uh, why would it be after a game like that? But you'll see me there sometimes. Go check it out. Locked On Sports Today, 24-7. Go subscribe. All right, Big V. Uh, Raptors Magic. Again, on the surface, 
similar builds, similar problems to overcome. The Raptors, of course, have Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes, the sort of forces of creation on the wings. Paolo Boncaro, Franz Wagner, very much the same for the Magic. I think you'd probably take Siakam and Barnes over Boncaro and Wagner just as like a talent play in 2023 right now. It's probably close, but Pascal Siakam, clearly the most established of those guys. Scotty probably alongside Paolo and sort of a toss-up. Like Franz, you know, fairly probably fourth in that bunch. But again, a very good quartet of players who lead their teams. They also are teams that don't have a ton of shooting around those guys, and it creates a whole lot of problems. And the Magic, it seems, have been able to figure it out to some degree. They're better on defense. They've ratcheted up on that end. And they clearly had a little bit more juice from the guard position in this one as well. To you, Big V, what is the biggest difference between the Magic and Raptors as they currently are constructed, as they're built, as they try to go and overcome the problems that exist? And do you think it is insurmountable for the Raptors to tap into whatever edge the Magic seem to have with their 9-5 and start this year? (laughs) Um, you would like to think that defensively when you, you know, look at the theoretical ceiling of the Raptors that they could potentially get up to that level, um, that the magic have been at. And I think that's probably where if you start to really scrutinize what maybe the subtle differences are, it's like, if, if the Raptors are vision six, nine, the magic are like vision 611 it's just like (laughs) you know they're they're bigger they're longer um and you kind of see that uh, at every position and then um obviously jalen suggs was just immense in this game he was on one man a little like he was kind of bringing a guy who forgets it's tuesday morning at the local rec center energy at pickup (laughs) but uh hey justified in this one he was awesome yeah, it was an in-season tournament game. It's true, it's true. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I thought his intensity was amazing. Defensively, he was everywhere. Um, and so I think when you look at the Raptors, like Dennis Schroeder is capable defensively. Um, and then you look at the big difference, it would be the bench productivity, right? Even in a game like ding, this. Ding, ding, ding. That's it. The Magic have more good players. <laughs> <laughs> they got 56 points off the bench in this one so um that's probably where um you know the problems begin for the raptors and uh they don't quite uh, have the same uh, impact negative impact uh, on the magic mm-hmm. they also i think it was asad alvi who tweeted this tonight uh you know guards who can't shoot still better than no guards at all rang very true in this one jalen suggs getting downhill you know guards can do more than just shoot i suppose uh getting downhill playing incredible point of attack defense being a maniac in general uh you know cole anthony coming off the bench boy oh boy it'd be cool if the raptors could have a cole anthony coming off the bench to score a bunch of points in buckets also dropping 10 assists in 29 minutes uh gary harris comes in gary harris man hell yeah they take gary they take take joe ingles right now man the raptors (laughs) bench really grim scene in this one man i i like i was gonna talk precious achua in my bad i'll talk about someone else in my bad we'll save that um but precious achua in this one i thought totally out to lunch for long stretches of this game that he was in there played just 15 minutes he got the early uh sub into the game i guess foul trouble for yak was part of it um but i thought in the third quarter they lost this game when yak Aperto went to the bench at about 8 30 and and precious came in and just had nothing totally lifeless um, even the good stuff he did, like, hey, get a steal under the basket and then give it right back to Mo Wagner. Just like really, really tough stuff from Precious. I thought this was a pretty bad Malachi Flynn game. 
Overall, Gary Trent Jr., one of six. Just you need more from Gary Trent Jr. He's extremely important to this team. And once again, the Raptors find themselves probably relying too much on Gary Trent Jr. No guard depth. You get nothing from Chris Boucher. Basically, like, what was the best bench performance in this game? Probably Flynn? It's not what you want, man. It, it was another example of, look, the starters had their own issues in this game. We'll get into them. But really, to me, this, again, speaks to, like, the, the struggles in this game speak to how thin this roster is and NBA players you can count on. And it's felt like for moments that they're kind of, oh, maybe Otto Porter Jr. is in the rotation. And, like, I don't know where he's gone. I don't know why he's been excised entirely. It seems like the team works well when he's on the floor. Um, you know, Grady Dick obviously still working through his struggles. Just uh, an ugly game from the bench. I don't know how you fix it. It's not as bad as it was tonight. Surely you get nice games. Guys are going to pop. But uh, pretty clear that the Magic have more guys you can set your watch to off the bench than the Raptors do. And depth matters. Like, you got to have more than five, six players who can do it for you every night. It, it's just it's the way of the world in an 82-game season where a lot of teams are talented. I don't know, man. What, what do you do about the bench? It was awful. It was just brutal. Yeah, I mean, this is, again, we've, we've talked about, you know, the roster construction for a couple of seasons now. And, you know, I think obviously Masai came in saying he wants to get answers about different guys. And this is kind of the definitive season in terms of evaluating Malachi, evaluate, evaluating Precious. Uh, mm -hmm. We know what Chris Boucher is. And so... Uh, I think from that standpoint, obviously, you know, we we had to see if Gary Trent Jr. would be accepting or embracing of a bench role and how that would go, and it hasn't gone well. And so I think, you know, we're going to get to a point where the writing will be on the wall if it isn't already. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and you're just going to have to accept it and find a way to make some changes to this roster. And so, yeah, I think, you know, you look at the guard play, you look at the shooting, you look at the, the big options. <laughs> There's a lot to fix. A little bit. And I mean, look, the Magic do have the advantage of having been awful for the last 10 years. And so they've accrued a lot of guys who, you know, maybe they're not going to be great players, but they've got 100%. guys higher in the draft. You know, they have Cole Anthony. They've taken guys like Jonathan Isaac, who's just like doing bench stuff for them right now and blocking everything at the rim. Like that's that's the benefit of being a bad team for a long time is you accrue a lot of guys with talent. Uh, they haven't parlayed it into much just yet. Maybe they will. Um, you know, they seem to be on the right track towards that right now. You know, they're not going to look as good as they did tonight against every team. It's a bummer the Raptors made them look this good. But yeah, I, I think uh, just I, I the bench stinks. <laughs> it's, it stinks, and yeah. I, I'm. It's just it's this difficult thing where. Obviously, they can't be going and throwing good money after bad and going to make all these panic trades to go fill in roster spots 7 through 15 or whatever, right? Like, they can't go and be like, all right, we're going to go drop a couple picks on a, on a guard now. We're going to go get Malcolm Brogdon to fix this thing. Like, that's just not the right move at the moment. But boy, oh boy, would Malcolm Brogdon or a type like that be such a huge salve for this team? It just might be too late in the game for them to go think about doing something like that. But, you know, I... Even going back a bit earlier, like yeah. before the season, we had discussed how it's obvious, you know, between obviously Christian Coloco has had his resp respiratory issue, but between Yak and Coloco and Boucher and Precious, and it's like there's just a glut there that needed to be addressed that yep. wasn't. And yep. now you're dealing with those issues in real time. Yep. 
Yeah, like there, there could have been a swing for a deal for an Io Desunmu or a DeLon Wright or like none of these guys are changing your life, but they balance your roster, make it a little bit more sensible. And yeah, the fact that there was never a move like that and we're still trusting Malachi Flynn to be the backup point guard despite the strides he's made this season with the bar being on the floor for him to stride over. Like, yeah, th this was a, a pretty glaring example of the depth on this team just ain't good enough. And again, there will be nights where Precious pops. There will be nights where Boucher has his, has his moments and Flynn hits his threes and Gary Trent Jr. is not going to be this bad all the time. He has been better of late, but it's just so feast or famine. And I don't think you can lean on that, especially when your starters are a sort of weirdly fitting bunch and you need supplementary pieces to fill out lineups throughout 48 minutes of game time to give yourself a real credible shot. Like, hey, you can't start, you can't play your starters 40 minutes each and you have to find ways to get the more complementary pieces out there. And right now it's tough to find those looks. It's just hard to get to those lineups where you have, you know, guys out there who support and amplify what your best players are doing. So they're really kind of just putting all their, like, their eggs in the starters basket. And sometimes that'll work and sometimes it won't. And uh, did not work tonight. We're going to come back on the other side, Big V, get into the good, the bad, and the hmm to round out this here episode before we do that. However, got to tell you, better good friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. Go check them out right now. It's a wonderful time to start doing it as the NFL season is going strong. And with America's number one sports book and FanDuel, you can get as a new customer 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet right now. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets if your team wins. And oh, look, there's a couple of football games on Thursday in the middle of the week for Thanksgiving this week. What better time to throw down a money line bet on one of those teams to win to get those 150 bucks in bonus bets? If you're thinking, if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. If you win on one of those football bets with the money line, maybe you go and apply those bonus bets to some basketball bets. Maybe you throw a little money down on the Raptors under because they can't score very many points. All of that is available to you, again, on an app that is sleek, easy to use, so easy that I can use it. And I am a dum-dum when it comes to navigating technology. So go check it out right now. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, rounding things out. Big V is here. Uh, last segment of the show. It's the good, it's the bad, it's the hmm, the way we round out every episode of the podcast here. Uh, let's go with the good, shall we? Big V, what you got for your good from this one? Uh, slim Pickens, but what you got? Do we have to pick a Raptor? I do have a Raptor, but we don't <laughs> have. You don't have to. Like we, we we're, we're we're our own people. What you got? 
Um, yeah, you know what? I, I will go with uh, Jalen Suggs. I mean, I thought he was just so good in this game that he's worth talking about. Um, sure. And I just, you know, we can talk about Schroeder and Pascal as maybe the standout performers for the Raptors, but mm-hmm. uh, I just, that performance was not anything I want to recognize. And so <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would rather talk about Goga Batadze before I talk about anyone on the Raptors. Um, Man, Goga was really good. He blew up like three possessions to start the second half on his own. Yeah. Pretty, pretty tough stuff. Yeah. So um, that was uh, really nice to see from him. I thought it was a bit weird the way the Raptors were kind of challenging him in the first half. I'm like, hey, man, this guy's MO is as a shot blocker. Like mm-hmm. there was the one where like Pascal had him on the perimeter and then tried to back him down. Um, and then there was a drive. The recovery like, on that was near. pretty nuts, too. Like the second jump from Batadze was nutty. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a drive by Gary Trent Jr. Um, where he went right into Batadze, and I was like, that was never going to happen. You miss, like, point-blank layups. That was not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was a weird good, I got to say. It turned into uh, <laughs> nothing good about the Raptors. I will uh, talk about a Raptor, and it's Pascal Siakam. Like, you know, not the best game he's ever going to play, but I thought he had a pretty good two-way performance in this one. 16 points, eight assists. And some pretty gnarly passes out of double teams on post-ups, like kind of showing what that sort of feature of their offense can produce. Uh, Like really, really good stuff out of there. Super high-level reads and just gloriously delivered. And I thought he was their best defender in this game pretty comfortably. I thought he did some really good stuff on the wings. He had three stops on Palo at the rim in the third quarter alone that I thought were really impressive. Um, and or might have been the second quarter, whatever it was. I, it all blurs together at this point. But he had a, a really good run of stops on Palo. He had that uh, strip, I believe, of Franz that led to the OG dunk. Um, I, I liked Pascal's game in this one quite a bit on both ends. He was really, to me, the only one who kind of brought it on both sides. And, uh, you know, not surprised he had by far the best plus minus of all the starters in this one. Uh, so good on you, Pascal, I guess. Uh, we'll go to the bad. I'll go first. This was Scotty Barnes' worst game of the season, right? Probably. Just, like, pretty disconnected. Yeah, he had 14, 8, and 4. Like, he walks into his stats, although he's been walking into much more, uh, you know, big stats. Much more big stats. Very good stuff, Sean. Good English. Um, You know, he's been walking into bigger numbers than that. It just felt like not a lot of energy. Very passive. He had a couple times where the ball swings to him on the wing. He's got, like, Gary Harris or Cole Anthony on him, and he just, like, swings it to the next guy. Like, go eat, man. There's lunch right there. Go eat your lunch. It's just, like, steaming and fresh out the oven. Go do it. Um, Yeah, pretty passive for him. And then a couple just, like, kind of wild turnovers. He had five turnovers in this game. A few of them, like, truly baffling. And just, I know Scotty Barnes is an excellent passer. That's why we love Scotty Barnes. But sometimes he needs to understand who he's passing to. And I feel like he overestimates the pass receiving abilities of his teammates at times, in particular guys like Precious Achua, Chris Boucher. It happens a lot with um, just like a little bit of awareness of like who it's going to. Every pass does not need to be uh, a Randy Johnson fastball. Like there can be a little bit of in between there. Obviously, you know, Scotty's been incredible all season long. This doesn't derail anything. I'm not saying they should have taken Jalen Suggs over Scotty Barnes or anything like that. Um, but uh, I wonder if anyone's going to have that take tonight and just ask for violence on the internet. I look forward <laughs> to seeing that. Actually, I don't. I'm not going to look at the internet after we record tonight. But um, yeah, not 
my favorite Scotty Barnes game. Tough defensively as well. Just uh, really, really discombobulated, I thought. Uh, tough to see. What was your bad? Yeah, he struggled. Um, from the passing standpoint, you know, areas of improvement for him, like you said, absolutely know your personnel, know who you're passing to. Um, and I think just in general, just recognition of like risk to reward ratio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and you know there was one play in particular where uh the angle was there and so he throws uh, a bounce pass to precious achua on the roll and precious is not able to make the catch in traffic and Mm -hmm. from scotty's perspective it's like hey first off precious doesn't have great hands secondly like if he gets it there's two guys there what's he gonna Mm -hmm. do with it Mm -hmm. um so just little things like that he can learn from obviously so young um yeah. amazing season do do a stinker stinkers are gonna happen over the course of 82 of course. um and so we'll chalk that that one up to that and as i mentioned precious i will go with him <laughs> as my bad this was um this was one the of those games coaster is uh get under repairs right now they're they're working on the the tracks and stuff poster coaster at a commission in this one man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i just think with precious like we keep you know talking about those tantalizing moments of potential and, and like those flashes that he has but at a certain point you know there's gonna have to be more of that than what we've seen so far and yep. like that's why even when he had the Detroit game, like some people were like, "Oh yeah, this is why I'm always Team Precious." I was like, "This was like a nice building block." It's certainly you know, why I I'm, can't quit Precious, even though I know it's bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is something to build on. This is you know something for him to go home happy about and maybe take into the next game. But then you see a game like this, and it's like, what is going on, man? Uh, and yeah, I, I just, I just don't know if there's like a consistently good player in there. Yeah. You know, there's being an incredible athlete with all the tools in the world and there's knowing how to play basketball. And it's not to say that precious can't, because obviously there are moments where it all comes together, but he just has these gaffes and these just like sequences where, he brings the ball down in the middle of traffic. Like, you're precious at you, man. Just go dunk on it, dude. Like, you could jump over anybody. Why are you bringing the ball down? And why are you, um, again, like the three-second violation he took tonight where he walks back to the, like, the, uh, on defense. He's in the paint. He's moving his feet as though kind of doing the step-in stuff where you're trying to get the foot out and kind of reset the clock. But he wasn't stepping out of the paint. He was just doing the dance within the paint. And then it's three-second violation because he was just dancing in the paint. It's like you gotta have a little bit more awareness than that, man. It was a, uh, it was a rough scene. Uh, let's go to the hmm. What you got for your hmm? Yeah, I mean, this is a hmm that is bordering on extremely bad. Like, just how much longer are we gonna have these like rough starts? We've we've seen it yeah. multiple games now, um, mm-hmm. and they just don't come out the gate strong enough. Well, obviously. Uh, we've seen the comparisons between the starting lineup, you know, after the uh, trade last season, what, what the starting lineup has been doing this season. And so obviously there's issues there. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I think it's, it's a, 
at this point, it is definitely a concern. It is something that Darko has to look at and say, hey, what is going on here? How do we address this? Um, and yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a borderline hum at this point because it, it is we've seen enough of it. For sure. Like there's just too many times. And yeah, sometimes you'll be able to overcome it because you're playing the wizards. Not everyone's the wizards. And yeah. most teams aren't the wizards. No one is the wizards. Uh they are their own special thing. Uh <laughs> By the way, the inverse of what the Raptors did offensively today, the Pacers just beat the Atlanta Hawks 157 to 152 in regulation. Yeah, that's nutty. That's crazy. They were also down by a lot in that game. The Pacers-Raptors game tomorrow is going to be fascinating. Uh, the Pacers <laughs> can't defend anybody. If anything is going to get the Raptors offense going, it's the Pacers defense. Can the Raptors defend a lick against this Pacers team? I don't know. They, they have the horses. I'm I'm really interested by this one, man. This could go a whole bunch of different ways. I'm very excited. But uh, my hmm, and I'm not saying that, like, I know we've been kind of uh, dour in tone today. I don't think this game is the story of the team or the season or anything like that. I, I think we have a whole lot of runway left to figure out what works, what doesn't, what's the long-term stuff you keep around Scotty Barnes and what's not. Um, I'm not too, too concerned right now at the moment. But... There was a game, a couple games, around this time of the year, last year, against the Orlando Magic. I think they were in December, but around the similar part of the calendar, uh, at least a part of the calendar where I feel sad all the time because it's dark and rainy all the time. Uh, so similar, like, vibe uh, mentally while watching these games. And the games against the Magic last year where they lost both in Orlando, got waxed in one of them, were kind of the beginning of, oh, no, something might be really wrong with this basketball team. I'm not saying that that's what happened here. But I can totally see a world in which two months from now, if things go awry, we look back at this game as the sort of first big glaring alarm bell that, ooh, something might be rotten here. Um, again, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I, I think they stand a very good chance of winning a lot of games they play. They're a weird team. They're a middling team. They're going to have very high highs and very low lows. That's just part of the deal. They're working through some stuff. They're figuring it all out. But uh, if they go on some sort of run of not looking so hot here, if they have themselves another six-game losing streak in December like they did last year, I think we could start to look back at this game against the Magic as sort of the progenitor of all of our worst feelings. Uh, so that's my hmm. On a great uplifting note, we will leave you there and round out the show. Big V, thanks for jumping on, pal. Anything you want to promote for the good people out there? uh i'll have a couple things uh one for sportsnet one for yahoo coming soon one is uh, on pascal's role um and his best role going forward uh and the other will be for sportsnet looking at the biggest surprises and disappointments of the first month-ish of the nba season sounds good everyone go check all that out you can find me at Woodley Sean on the website that's busted at Locked on Raptors on Instagram. The Discord, of course, link is in the description. Also, buy your tickets for the Sports versus Media Charity Basketball Game this Saturday. I'll be assistant coaching Team Media with S. Barahenny drawing up all sorts of uh, incredible sets for Will Lou to run poorly, surely, uh, <laughs> on Team Media. Uh, so tickets, they're in the link of the, or link is in the description of the podcast. We'll love to see you out there. And uh, that'll do it for today's show. Thank you so much. We'll be back again. Uh, I guess, yeah, tomorrow, Thursday? We're, we're recording Tuesday. The next episode will be on Thursday as Jamar Hines will join me to break down Raptors, Pacers in the meantime. Have a great one. Thanks so much for hanging, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.